0: I'm Bill Berry, um, I still work sometimes for the Sunday Telegram, and uh, I'm the research historian at the Maine Historical Society. This is called Working with Eddie. Well, who the hell are you, Was the question Eddie Fitzpatrick, Art and Features Editor for the Maine Sunday Telegram, fired at me. When I called in to say that my review of Philip M. Isaacson's book, The American Eagle, was complete, I had never written for the Telegram, I had never met Eddie, uh, First Impressions. This was back in December of 1975, and before I could summon a response, the editor continued with his edged English accent. That review was assigned to Earl Shatterworth. I managed a feeble yes, but he was in a pinch for time and asked me to write this review. Earl gave me your name and number, and I assumed he checked with you. On the other end of the line, Eddie paused for what seemed to be a bleak fortnight. Suddenly, I knew the meaning of flop sweat, and croaked, uh, would you at least read what I've written? I guess, Fitzpatrick allowed. Leave it at the Exchange Street desk before noon. At that time, Earl G. Shuttleworth Jr. had already been freelancing for the gigantic papers since his teens, was a founder of Greater Portland Landmarks, serving as assistant director for the Maine Historic Preservation Commission, which he would later head. Um, and was, he was a household name in preservation circles and still is. Of course, he's the retired now, but he's the main State Historian. I was curator of research at the very small Portland Museum of Art, and unknown in most all circles. So Eddie read the review, called back that afternoon, and to my delight, asked if I wanted to do more writing for the Telegram as a stringer. I did, and all my continuing book arts feature writing to Eddie and, of course, Earl, by default. (laughs) Thinking back, I should also note that Phil Isaacson, author of The American Eagle, was really the dean of the main Sunday Telegram art reviewers. I must have read scores of his essays, but do not think I paid them much attention. Earl gave me no special instructions. Indeed, I would not have agreed to a puff piece, and reading it anew, it seems to hit the right spots. The American Eagle was printed by the New York Graphics Society. The elegant photographs are by Lewiston's Bruce Huntington. And the book was designed by Joe Gurton of the Portland School of Art. Isaacson's study of eagles and their carvers was superb. I cannot now even think of anyone writing a bad review and being honest. I uh, did challenge him a bit on his research concerning Canal Bank Phoenix, now virtually lost to over overconserv- uh, conservation but it was beautifully illustrated. Uh, as an editor, Eddie, Eddie barely changed a word. In the fullness of time, I would go beyond the front desk into the Gannett newsroom, carrying my type review. In those days, uh, in the huge desk-filled room, I would meet such main originals as Hal Boyle, Don King, Kim Clifford, Bob Niss, and be set on assignments that would lead to places including Port, Cape Split, Searsport, I would meet the likes of painters John Laurent, Beverly Hallam, Bill Manning, and so many more. In 1981, Eddie oversaw a five part series for The Telegram written with my longtime friend and co author Randolph Dominic on the Italian American, Americans of Maine. In terms of people met, substance, and fun, it appealed to authors, editors, and the readership. As an editor, Eddie only made changes when necessary often grammar-related in my case, and I was never told to kill a story or avoid a topic. Once I was asked to review a book that did not particularly appeal to me, but Eddie persisted. I read it from start to finish and was livid, turning in the shortest review of my career. I found it poorly written, badly plotted, and mean-spirited. The upshot, quote, one is left with the uncomfortable feeling that it takes longer to read than it did to write. <coughs> Eddie was delighted. He se- <laughs> it seemed a half dozen reviewers before me had refused to confront it. <laughs> Usually, I can find something good to say in a book, but not that time. So, um, I, I, Eddie always defended his freelancers, and I treasured his long essay, Guy Gannett and the Visual Arts Community, Do We Have Trouble in Our Coverage, and Is It at the Top? It was a serious and gutsy bit of journalism. I have no date on it, but it must have been in early 1989. I've kept it in my Eddie Fitzpatrick file. But it's wonderful, he really lit into people. Finally, the closest I ever worked with Eddie was a review of Winslow Homer, All the Color Coats Paintings catalog, on January 8, 1989, and this is it. It's a beautiful catalog. Done of all places in England, in Sunderland, the Northern Centre for Contemporary Art, 1988. Um, Eddie found out about this. This was in his home turf. This was Eddie's tran- transatlantic discovery, a unique exhibition mounted by the Northern Centre for Contemporary Art, a grim uh, in Sunderland, a grim quote. I'm sorry, a grim industrial city in the north of England. This was Eddie's old stomping ground, and he was proud that this turning point in Homer's career was represented by 40 major works painted on the coast of Northumberland. The exhibition was almost a perfect complement to Bowden's first-rate essay by Professor Philip Bean. When I worked at the Portland Museum of Art in the 1970s, there were no Homers in the permanent collection, and though through the decades, the artist was given intense coverage by Eddie's writers, especially after the pacing gifts to the PMA and the magnet they created. Few locals would have, rec- would have been cognizant of Sunderland's effort had Eddie not brought attention to it in the pages of the telegram. He should have added his name to the byline, but I got full credit for half the work, and it was a real privilege to write with an editor of his skill and stature. I miss him.